Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. So I said, Lord, what can I do? Because just let me set you up a little bit. I, I was raised, I'm a missionary's kid, West Africa. I speak a couple of languages. Uh, when I started preaching at 14, most of my preaching has been in more of an Afrocentric flavor, um, urban culture flavor. Um, and I'm going to try to behave myself, but sometimes I get loud. Sometimes I make facial expressions. Sometimes I may turn around and go, oh, Lord. Uh, mm, I feel Okay, where did you come from? All right. Don't mess with me. (laughs) Don't you mess with me. (laughs) I just felt fire. Anyway. (laughs) You think I'm joking. You think I'm joking. But um, I've been thinking about this. and, And every time this year, several years ago, we were pastoring and my wife noticed, she said, you just get so weird. Now I'm weird all the time, but she said, you get so weird, like about Thanksgiving and on. And, and I was like, oh no, I don't ever, I'm like everybody else. She said, no, you're weird. I don't know. That's when you feel like praying. That's when you feel like fasting. You always want to go on a fast, like around Thanksgiving and we want to feast. And here you are trying to be all spiritual. And you know, we're over here trying to have fun and you're over here trying to hear a word from the Lord. I don't understand. So weird. And so I kept that for a few weeks and finally it dawned on me, I do get weird and I finally put a name on it and I'm going to talk about that tonight. But I think I just start getting those merry feelings. I just start feeling like I'm expecting something that I can't explain. I just begin to feel like I may just be pregnant with promise and maybe my future is greater than my past. And maybe my transition means something. And maybe that even though I've left where I was and I haven't yet got where I'm going, that maybe God hasn't made a mistake. And just maybe in my barrenness and my loneliness and my isolation, just maybe by accident favor has found me. And favor ain't fair. Ah, because I want you to understand God has never played fair. God is always just. And he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. Somebody said he's an on time God. Yes, he is. So, so it's possible that there are some of you in this room that have been feeling like I'm feeling. So I'm going to talk about tonight those merry moments. There are some of us that you didn't ask for what has showed up and favored you. You didn't ask to be fired and be going in transition. You didn't ask for your child to be sick. You didn't ask to be broke. You didn't ask to be in transition right now. But it may not be a mistake, but you might be in the middle of something because if you're going to have a testimony, you have to live through the T-E-S-T. And the T-E-S-T means I'm in the middle of a testimony. So if I'm preaching to anybody that feels like you're in a test, turn around and tell somebody I'm just in the middle of a miracle. God hasn't finished, but I'm in the middle of a miracle. Let's go in the Bible. 
Matthew chapter one, then Luke chapter one. We're just gonna jump in the word and I won't keep you all night. We will be out by 11, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> Matthew chapter one, my mother-in-law can leave now. That'll be good, I'll feel loose and no, I love you. Matthew chapter one, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused, engaged to Joseph, promised covenant to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes miracles are not convenient. Sometimes the supernatural can cause a scandal. I'm I'm gonna pass that up. Luke chapter one, and we'll just go to verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. You're highly favored. You're blessed. The Lord is with thee. She saw him and was troubled and in her mind said, What's he about to say? He said, You're favored. You're blessed. God is with you. And she was afraid. There are some of us in this room that God is trying to give us a prophetic indication of what our future is. But instead of causing great joy, it's causing great fear. Because many times his his miracle is disguised in a mess. Tell somebody miracles are always messy. And the angel said unto her, fear not Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Fear not, for thou hast found favor with God. Skip down to verse 34. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And I just want to talk a little bit about those, those Mary moments. And I, I, I don't know, maybe it's because of my background being a missionary kid. Sometimes I get to tell miracle stories and, and people come up and, and because of the background, if you've been in different countries, we preach in about 48 different nations and my father's passed on now, but between he and I over almost close to 90 nations, been able to go and to preach in the last 45 years or so. I've been doing this for about 33 years and met my wife while she was single and attended this church under Pastor Green way over in the other building 28 years ago. Look at God and um, on our first date weekend went out and hung out at the McDaniels house I think I fell in love in your living room give God praise <laughs> but I, I think in all of this when you preach about miracles and you preach faith he said I was an evangelist and that's true I preach a lot about faith a lot about the supernatural I believe in that I, I, I was only uh, I, I was only 17 when I went to the morgue and actually saw my first dead person raised from the dead Um, in Africa. I was 14 in Arkansas when I saw my first totally blind person who was blind from birth and their eyes opened and they were healed by the power of God. And, And no, I can make that sound spiritual and I can make you shout about it, but here's what's funny. When the dead person set up that had been dead for a long time and was in the morgue, when he set up, they had to drag me back inside because I didn't feel goosebumps. I didn't see angels, but I discovered something. Miracles are messy. And there are some of you that need to understand, if you're going to understand the Christmas story, and and I'm going to just extrapolate a few verses and go around Mary tonight, but what I really want to get across to you, the first thing, before we get to the miracle, you need to understand the mess. 
And if you study the miracles of Jesus in the New Testament, it, it's amazing to me. We, we can preach. I could get up here and you have a master pastor and master pastors that are prolific in preaching. But I could get up here tonight and I could preach the story in Mark chapter 2. How that Jesus is in Capernaum. I could preach about the four men that took the lame man and they climbed up on top of the roof. Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. They climbed on top of their circumstances and then they broke through. When I was a real preacher, I used to preach a breaking into the miraculous. That was a good sermon. And I talked about the breakthrough and I talked about how Jesus looked at him and said, arise. And he picked up his mat and he went shouting out and God healed him. And we shout about that. We preach about that. But what I want to know is on Monday morning, when the landlord showed up, who paid to fix the, ro- the hole that was in the roof? Who? Who? I felt you got a word from the Lord. I'm glad you got a word. I want to know why it's raining on my couch. Because I allowed you to rent this place and now there's a hole in the roof because miracles can be messy. One of my greatest stories, Matthew 14, we always talk about it. Jesus is walking on the water. It's a wonderful thing. I could preach about that. Here comes Jesus. The disciples are in the midst of the boat. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus walking on top of the water. My God, that'll preach. He's a miracle man. He's the son of God. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's the great I am. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. He's the lily of the valley. He's the great eternal wonder and he's walking on the water. I could preach on that for a while, but what I, what I want to talk about is he's walking on the water and we preach about it. We don't talk about the 12 disciples that are having a heart attack in the boat because the whole time the miracle is coming to them, they think it's a ghost that they are trying to paddle away from. Who am I preaching to tonight that God is trying to get to you, but it looks in so much trouble and it's wrapped in so much fear and it's wrapped in a letter and it's wrapped in an email and it's wrapped in a report and it's wrapped in a personality that you're doing your best to get away from and God has said, you prayed for me to come and I may not come when you want me to, but I'm all always on time and I've showed up in the middle of your storm but it looked like it looked like a ghost am I boring y'all what, what about I'm going to get to Mary I will get to Mary but I'm talking about miracles are messy what about, what about when Jesus does this amazing miracle he is in a desert place Surrounded by at least 3,000 people, maybe more, one time three, one time five, not including the women and children. There is no 7 Eleven. Dominoes don't deliver that far. And one kid went by Captain D's and has two fish sticks and five biscuits. Okay? He really, he had fish and sardines. Have you ever smelt sardines? When they get hot. Come on, I'm going to get carnal for a minute. Who likes to fish? Who likes to fish? How many of you go out and sometimes that's all you have and there's nothing better than hot sardines in the summer with mustard on them if that's all you have? There's one person waving a hand back there going, hallelujah. But after you eat it, there is something that lingers with you called a stench. 
and we would love to preach it. I could talk about the miracle, Josh. I could get into the miracle. I could preach it. I could preach how he's going to break. He blessed and he breaks. He blessed and he, I've heard preachers get up and pontificate. They get up and theorize and they bring out so much out of this story. And the whole time I'm sitting there reading the end of the story that says when he's through feeding the multitude, there's 12 baskets of sardines left over. And they are 17 kilometers, which is 12.7 miles from the city. So every disciple gets an opportunity to carry a trash basket full of sardines in a desert place for 13 miles. So that when they're about to turn Peter upside down, when they're about to fillet Thomas, when they're about to boil John in oil, they have already been taught a lesson after the greatest moves of the supernatural. Sometimes you have to live through a steep because miracles are messy. And he just provided for the multitude, but I'm going to walk first. 13 miles smelling like sardines because many times we don't understand that what we're running away from is what God is calling us to. Am I preaching to anybody on a Wednesday night that said, I haven't understood what I'm going through, but I'm in the middle of a mess, so I just might be in the middle of a miracle. I'm in the middle of something that only God can get me out of. You ought to jump up if I'm preaching to you right now. Only God can get me out of this. Only God could heal me. Only God can bring him back. Only God can bring my heart back. Only God can save my children. Only God can fix my finances. Only God can make a way where there seemeth to be no way. It's not to everybody, Pastor. But as I prayed the last few weeks for this message, I said, God, I don't want to preach to everybody, but I want to preach to somebody that is living through those merry moments. And we're just going to jump into that, if that's all right. Number one, I read to you the story. I read to you the text. Many of us now, it's the Christmas season. You can watch it on TV. You can rent the DVD. You might even want to read an actual real Bible. It's got pages and paper and there's words and you can read it and you can read what we call the Christmas story, but it's really not about Christmas. It is about a shift in everything. (sighs) I've been feeling the last few weeks a shift in everything. And I said, Lord, I think I can understand what Joseph and Mary begin to go through because God began to promise them something that they knew was a word from the Lord, but they had no idea how it was going to come to pass. Who is in this room that you know you have a word from the Lord, but you don't have a clue how God's going to do it? So number one, you ready? Number one, you ready? The word, God will always allow you to hear before you hold. He will allow you to hear before you feel. The angel of the Lord appears to her and says, Mary, fear not because you are blessed, favored, and God is with you. And he brings to her a rhema word from the Lord. Here's what you need to write down in the Bible if you don't get anything else. Everything starts with a word. Yes. 
In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. In the beginning, Genesis 1 and 1, God said, let there be. Look at somebody and say, there was. Everything begins with a Word. You don't need an answer if you have a Word. You don't need a banker if you have a Word. You don't need a lawyer if you have a Word. You don't need a doctor if you have a Word. And I'm preaching to somebody that says, all I have is a word all I have is a fear not God is with you God is on your side and he's about to make a way where there seemeth to be no way can can I teach this you'll always hear it first and because many of us come from charismatic pentocentric spirit filled backgrounds now all of us don't but some of you in this room come from what I call a pentocentric That means some form of Pentecostalism. That could be Church of God in Christ, uh, Pentecostal's Assembly, Assembly of God, Pentecostal, whatever. Or you come from more of a charismatic spirit feel, word of faith, word. I don't know what we come from. But many of us come from those backgrounds that are very emotional. Here's the problem. If you come from that, there's a danger that if you don't feel it, you feel like God hasn't said it. But sometimes what God says is completely opposite to your emotions. Because Mary is a virgin somewhere between 12 and 15 years of age. And the word of the Lord is completely opposite her circumstances. And she still says, even so let it be unto me according to thy word. So I want to know who I'm preaching to that God said you're a millionaire, but you don't even have a job. God said your husband was going to be used to win souls, but he can't even stay at home on Friday night. God said that you're children were going to be blessed and highly favored and they're not even saved but if God said it he sees the end from the beginning he has already reached them to the future by his word you want me to use that one is that okay they got me all right here we go here's what many of us don't understand Many of us are so feeling oriented, you don't understand that your failures have been equated into your future. Here's the scripture, you ready for it? It is appointed unto man first to die and then the judgment. If you're not dead, God's not judging you yet. So if you have lived past that last failure to a place of repentance, God can't judge you on that, but he has equated that failure into your future. So if your failure was not fatal, then your failure and your mistake has been equated into your future. If you're still breathing, God's going to use what almost destroyed you into what he has already seen from the beginning and has spoke his word. He knew you were going to go there. He saw the bar. He knew the jail cells he knew the divorce he knew the heartbreak he knew the rejection he knew the addiction he knew the poverty he knew the fear he knew the heartbreak he knew the isolation he knew the brokenness but instead he called you and he gave you a word and when he spoke that word heaven and earth can pass away but his word will endure forever I need somebody to jump up and say I have a word from the Lord I don't feel nothing but I have a word I'm not healed yet but by his stripes I am healed I'm broke but he's Jehovah Jireh my Lord will provide all of my needs 
I'm afraid, but he's a very present help in my time of trouble. No, you didn't get it. I don't think you got it. If you're still breathing, God's word knew your circumstances before he sent his word. So when he sent the word, he had equated all of those failures and brokenness into your future. That's why David said, make the bones that thou hast broken rejoice and be glad. Because I may be broken, I may have failed, I may have made a mistake, but I'm broken in all the right pieces. <laughs> I may be broken now, but I am broken in the plan of God. And now God can take my brokenness and perform his word. He can take my brokenness and perform his word. I wrote this down today, and it's not deep, but I think it makes sense. Man, say man, has absolutely nothing to do with God's promise. His promises are in him, yea, And amen. Man has absolutely nothing to do with God's promise. You don't need man. Look at that. Because Mary said, how can this be? I haven't even known a man. If you've got the word, you don't need man. You don't need man's approval. And you don't need man's money. God's got this. I'm preaching to somebody right now. All you have is a rhema from the Lord. All you have is a creative word from the Lord. It's all you need. You need God plus your problem equals a miracle. Clap your hands and give God praise. Mm. Are we all right? Are you still here? Are you bored? Number two, are you ready? Others will feel it before you see it. You will say, I have a word, I receive it. Now, Lord, if that's really you, thank you, Lord. I believe it, but the promise is bigger than me. So I'm just going to hide it in my heart. And the Bible said that Mary pondered it. She pondered the prophetic word in her heart. Many people ask me, how do I know that it's not just me, but it's a word from the Lord? If it's a word from the Lord, others will recognize your potential and others will feel a witness about you. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to tell anybody you're a prophet, you're an apostle, you're a miracle person, you got a financial miracle, you got this. Oh, just be quiet and ponder it in your heart because if there's a word over you, others are going to feel a kick in their spirit and they will identify there's something supernatural going on in your life and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Up until this point, an angel had to appear to Joseph, and no one else had a clue what was going on. I don't even think at this point, Mary, and I don't want to get rude, but I I was raised in Arkansas, and we used to say it this way, I think she's showing. You know what I'm talking about? I know they're they're with child, but she started showing. I don't think Mary was showing yet. 
She just went to visit her cousin who was showing and was already expecting another miracle child. And when you get two miracle anointings together, the child that was in Elizabeth, I always call it an Elizabethan moment. Can I just preach for a minute? Are there any of you that like real preaching? I mean, not like tonight, but you like real preaching. I love to hear pastor and you may think I'm crazy. I'm the big fat white guy over here that's always standing up on Wednesday night. I'm always over here waving at him while he's preaching because when he preaches the word, something kicks in my spirit. Do you know what I'm talking about? When he really gets into revelation preaching, something kicks in my spirit. And I come from the old church where we would just kind of go, oh. Am I talking to What is that? You got Tourette's? What's wrong with you? You you got a twick? No, I just felt something kick in my spirit and I felt a word from the Lord and that word confirmed in my spirit and I connect with that word and when I connect my faith with that word, creation comes to pass. I wish somebody would believe tonight that there's a creative anointing in this room and even though you haven't understood what's going on, you're in the middle of a situation and a miracle's about to happen. Here's what happened. People just start coming up to you and start saying things about you or giving you money or writing you letters, writing you a card or there's favor with your boss. You don't even have the education and you get the promotion. And you're like, I don't understand why I'm not worth it. Remember, favor. Favor found her. Favor has found you. And even though I don't understand what's going on, there are others that are sensitive to what God is doing in my life and they will feel it before I do. And it begins to encourage you because people will begin to believe it about you more than you believe it about yourself. Does that make sense to anybody? Number three, Matthew chapter one. We go to this wonderful, amazing man. By the name of Joseph. I love to preach about Joseph because being from the seed of Jeconiah, it was impossible that even though Joseph was a great, great descendant of David, that his seed or his son could sit on the throne, but yet the Messiah would come from David. But Mary is from a completely different branch of the same lineage. So her child, if Joseph adopts it, became the legal heir to the throne. So even though Joseph's promise had been cut off, when he was willing to join with the stigma of the supernatural, when he was willing to connect himself with something that was uncomfortable, he restored the promise to his lineage. Am I preaching to anybody that life is just not so comfortable? I I want all the holy people to sit down. But who am I talking to? Life is just not so perfect right now. Christmas is coming and you haven't even got last year's Christmas off layaway. You're still paying credit cards from 2011. But yet when he joined himself to the prophetic word and the angel had to appear to him because he was going to put her away privately. Because here's number three. You will understand before others do. So you're going to hear it 
before you see it. You are going, others are going to feel it before you hold it. But number three, you're finally going to begin to understand it and you begin to walk in promise and other people think you're crazy. I need to preach right here. Joseph loved her, but he thought she was lying. He loved her, but he was going to have to put her away because who gets pregnant with promise? Who gets pregnant by the Holy Ghost? You have lost your mind, but the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. But you never see where Mary worries because after the angel has told her to fear not, and she says, even so let it be unto me. She never tries to talk him out of it. He says, I'm going to put you away. She just has to shrug because peace comes upon her and she realizes God's going to work it out. I don't know how it's going to happen and you will have peace before others do. Can I preach to somebody? You don't know how you're going to pay the light bill, but you've got peace. You don't know how you're going to get through December, but you've got peace. You don't know how you're going to get to the mission field, but you've got peace. And everybody else thinks you've lost your mind. But you say, I haven't lost my mind, but I have a word from the Lord. Doesn't make Would you clap your hands and give God a cry? I need somebody to give God a crazy praise. Who am I preaching to? People think you're crazy paying 10% tithe when you don't even have money to pay the bills. But you're like, if I put God first, he'll put his word in me first. I've got a word. My word says she's coming home. My word says they're going to get out of prison. My word says he's going to provide. My word says that by his stripes I am healed. That word says that I am delivered and I am free. He that the son has set free is free indeed. You may think I'm crazy, but here's what the word says. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The word. The word. You can stand if you want to. I got one more point. We're going to pray miracles in this house. I hope I haven't bored you, but I feel count me eating. Oh, Lord, when I think of where he brought me from, when I think of the miry clay. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Number four, say number four. Circumstances. Life. Circumstances. Now, before I get here, can we just quit blaming everything on the devil? The devil didn't put 30,000 on credit. You rebuking the spirit of gluttony and while you pointing at the devil, you got a chicken leg hanging off your finger. I buke you. I buke you back. I feel there's a spirit. There's a spirit coming in my home. It's a spirit of divorce. Is it a spirit of divorce or you just hadn't brushed your teeth in three weeks? Maybe if you brushed your teeth, took a bath, and lost a few pounds, she might like you. Well, anyway. But everything is not a devil. But I do believe that the enemy understands what God has said about us. And so he attacks us on the level of our anointing. 
not on the level of what we see. He attacks us based upon the prophetic destiny that the angels of the Lord who are encamped around about us and they're talking about our future. So high five somebody and say, the greater the attack, the greater the anointing. And circumstance, I need to preach this one. Circumstances will try to deny your dream. In the days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration of Coninius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mary is nine months with promise. You know, so I didn't say she was with child. She is nine months with promise. She has been carrying a miracle for nine months. Mary and Joseph know that in her womb is the king of kings, the consolation of Israel, the Messiah of the Jews. They didn't know how it was going to work out, but they knew that he was the Messiah. But don't you know how confused they were when she is pregnant with promise? Instead of there being royal horses in a chariot, picking her up and taking her to the king's physicians in the palace, she has to get on a donkey, a mule, a horse, on something, and begin to ride toward a farm distance city you say why did she have to go through that because somebody sometimes you're just one bump from a delivery and sometimes God has to put you in a situation to where you're in the right place at the right time there had to be a manger there had to be swaddling clothes there had to be shepherds there had to be wise men because it's already been prophesied 400 years back here that unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders but I've got to allow it to happen in a certain place at a certain time and this room is full of people what time is it I'm on time is that okay oh yeah this room is full of people that you haven't understood until maybe the last few minutes that you're living some merry moments And you just might be in the middle of a miracle. And you just might be situated exactly where God wants you. The spirit of Herod can't stop this. The decree of the government, Caesar, can't stop this. No room in the inn can't stop this. All your attack can do is situate me in my word. So while you think you're hitting me, you're pushing me into the word of the Lord. And while you're buffeting me with I hate you, you're a nobody, I'm going to destroy you. All you're doing is setting me up for a breakthrough and putting me in the right. Uh, If you'd all stand right now, here's where we are. And thank you, brother. I've been playing with, but I appreciate you're amazing. Appreciate this praise team and as people would come. I just feel led tonight. It's a little different on a Wednesday night. But
And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.